0: There's something that makes us feel more like a man. And sometimes when that's taken away from us, in one shape, way, shape, or form, we feel less, less than a man.
1: That's why vulnerability is so hard for men. Socially, it's been told that we shouldn't show vulnerability because that makes us less manly. Back in the day, that's why our parents, and I'm generalizing a, a generation here, because obviously there are exceptions to all rules, but historically, it's why our parents' generation... Dads, I'm talking about here. Don't show, don't cry very often. Don't show that vulnerability because it was seen to be less manly. And I, I don't think we've we've come full circle yet. But there's no reason why we shouldn't stay on that path. I think you know it doesn't make us less of a man. We think it makes us less of a man because that's what's been socially put upon us over generations of it not being seen as being manly to be vulnerable or to cry or whatever. Welcome to the Mindful Paths Podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios, where we explore the fascinating world of mindset, mindfulness, fitness, well-being, vitality, leadership, and of course, personal development.
2: Our goal is to provide you with insights to help you live a more fulfilling, happier, and healthier life.
1: So if you're striving to be a better parent, friend, leader, colleague, or boss, or if you simply want to be more mindful and aware of the world around you, then this Mindful Paths Podcast is going to be for you.
2: We invite you to eavesdrop on our conversations, and we challenge you to discover a new insight to help you on your own journey towards personal growth and positive change. So sit back, relax, and let's begin our journey together
1: on the Mindful Past podcast. Harry, how are you doing? I've, I've, I've joined you as you are. What are you doing with a piece of toast? Buttering a piece of uh, toast? I'm you just... don't usually eat toast. I thought you were away from uh, Gluten- wheat and... Uh... Yeah, this is gluten-free.
0: I found um, uh, gluten-free bread here in Estonia um nice supermarket nearby so gluten-free and, pre- and this was from the vegan aisle so i'm presuming it's some dodgy vegan you're
1: saying this you, you forget most people listen to audio only so yeah. you're showing uh, up this- and it looks like a margarine tub
0: yeah it's, it's some dodgy toxic vegan margarine um <laughs> because I, I haven't had time to eat i'm at this thing as you know um so i'm at this thing called mind valley university which is three weeks long and it was this concept an idea about five years ago by the guy who owns Mind Valley, who I think you're familiar with the Mind Valley brand, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like, like Mind Valley.
0: And so he had this idea of like, what would it be if I could get a group of friends together for three or four weeks to a different city each year and have amazing parties, amazing talks, and then everyone kind of live together in one small city. So the idea was to do a different city every year. So they started with Tallinn, which is where I'm now, uh, about 2018. Then they did, I think, Barcelona. Uh, maybe that was 2017. Then they did Barcelona in 2018. Hula in 2019. Obviously, 20 and 21 didn't have one. And then 22, they were back in Tallinn. But now they've decided to do Tallinn because the logistics are just easier to arrange rather than going to a brand new city and trying to find a venue and all that.
1: We, 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 we've been in the same spot with the cycle tours, right? I used to, When we when we first met, it used to be, we'll start in a country you finished in. We did London to Paris. We did Nice to Pisa. We did Venice to Zagreb. We did uh, What was it? split to Tirana, realized that ending up in Albania is yeah. not going to work for the next place that we start the following tour. So we then, uh, mm-hmm. we then changed it up. But um, I, changed it, didn't we? I, didn't was I was in Estonia last year. That's why I did, um, did my Ironman last year. I missed you by about a month.
0: I missed you by about a yeah.
1: month. Loved it. So, loved it. I, loved I didn't, know, I didn't yeah. know much about Tallinn. Really nice. Really nice to see
0: Yeah. No, Tallinn's lovely. We've got one for Old Town. I've got this great place right by the beach. So I'm going swimming every morning. Um, just five, ten minutes. Sometimes I've got people as well. There's there's a thousand of people here. There's over a thousand people. And there's all sorts of different events. And I've been sharing some with you as I've been going along. I think I showed you pictures of the Paul McKenna. Yeah, Um,
1: I'd love to see Paul McKenna. That'd be good. Yesterday, we
0: had a good session with a guy called Neil Strauss. So, Neil Strauss, you may or may not be familiar with, but he's a 10 times New York Times best-selling author. But one of the books he he wrote that he's quite famous for uh, back in 2005 or something, he wrote it. It's called The Game. You might have heard of The Game. I know so. The
1: Game. I've read The Game back in the yeah. day.
0: I read it in 2006. Now, I I actually went up to Neil yesterday before he went on stage because I said, I need to tell you a story about your book. Uh, so let's connect later because I know you're about to go on stage. Uh, by the way, his, his his talk was about how to write a bestseller. It was really good. It was quite interactive. And, you know, it's all about, you know, the hook at the beginning. It was, it was quite good. Um, but I never got the chance to talk to him. I think he's still around, so hopefully I'll see him tonight at the social. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk to him, and I'll share this story with everyone, is is part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing, in fact, a big reason, that catalyst was reading that book. Now, not for the reason you think. So Nick has read I the book. What i say,
1: it's not a book that many people would necessarily approve of in the current way of the world, I don't think.
0: No, but I think, firstly, so the book is about the underground world of pickup artistry. Like men who had approaching women. And he was a bit of a reporter as a dweeb, got into this world, became really good with women, et cetera, et cetera. I did not take any of that from the book. Like, I did not become like this Lothario dating person or anything. But what I did see in that book were three letters that changed everything. Those letters were NLP. That NLP, neurolinguistic program, which we've talked about before, <clears throat> both of us have studied, led me to a guy called Tony Robbins somehow. Tony Robbins big NLP life guru kind of personal development guy I did his courses that led to t- certain changes led me to more courses led me to the yes group Led me eventually to meet in a girl that I was dating for like four years led me to write the books so everything started from like learning about NL the concept of NLP in that book in 2006 now interesting I might have picked that up years later without having read the book. Who knows, right? Because I but had
1: that, I had major issues with that book. Like, uh, I read it because I won't I won't name the guy in case he ends up reading this or, or listening to this. He read the book and was like, you've got to read this. you got, got to read this. You've got to read this. So I picked up the book. Well, actually, before that point, I went to meet with this guy in London, and he was so immersed in this book. His personality had completely changed, and he was trying to play, in inverted commas, the game, right? To be honest, whether he's listening to this or not, I don't know. He was an asshole. Mm. He was just being a total, I don't know how to put an expletives thing, but that's what it was. I was really good support. It was a really good friend of mine. And I felt like his whole personality had changed. Now, the premise of this book talks about things. And of course, it uses NLP. And I know NLP because I run a recruitment business now, but I started in recruitment and NLP is big in sales. So I became, I did all my NLP courses years ago. I'm not as up to date as you are, but it, really relevant in the way that you sell to somebody else, sort of touching upon how how humans interact and, and and you know with different words and things like that to to, yeah. to to engage them but the book builds on nlp in relation to how to pick up women right in this book and for, i remember a, the, my friend telling me what you got to do is got i think it was the word neg, you got neg women you got you got really you know like basically bring them down to make them like you more and there's a lot of men do do this right and also if someone comes up to you and says am i really attracted you actually go and speak to the friend and you point out something about the friend rather than even the friend if you not and I was like, he was telling me this stuff, and I was like, it's just really bad form. Like, it just builds on people that have esteem issues. It doesn't help with that. I don't know. I hated it. Right. I'm I'm, I'm glad I've I've i I read it because it gave me an understanding of what my friend why my friend had turned into such a prick in that moment. And I don't talk about friends like this very often in that moment. And he's not an anymore. But in that in that moment in his life. Mm. Which we asked him in touch that's what he was he was like someone totally it, different and he was just going like, speaking to women and, and negging them in his words it, it attracts
0: men maybe who and there's a lot there's a lot of um men out there and i i found myself as one that you know we kind of in some way have lost a bit of a way and so sometimes it attracts people who who and i i I've, I've got quite health high self-esteem but uh, it might attract people who've got low self-esteem both from the male and female perspective so the things that they talk about in that book aren't going to necessarily fly with someone on the female side who has got quite high self-esteem um, but like I said for me I read it as a story and also it it kind of come, came full circle at the end not to spoil it but he 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 got together with the girl but he you know obviously she fell in love with him as as him But at the same time, he would never have met her had he not done those things. And I'm at this event here. I would say the overwhelming majority of people are single. It's not it's not billed as like a single thing. It is. It's kind of billed as like TED Talks meets Burning Man, or at least that's how AFest is. And this is A-Fest is their four day festival. Uh, This is the same thing, but stretched over three weeks. And there are lots of courses, right? We have the, Paul McKenna, like we said, we had a guy here who's talking all about storytelling. There's also a lot of speakers who are tribe members, like myself, for example, who have got something to share. And actually most, most of the speakers are that because people aren't coming for the big name speakers. There are a few big name speakers, but people aren't mm. coming for that. Look, are mainly coming for The Connection. But there's always a lot of, um, all of the workshops that seem to do really well here, all the ones that have got the words, something like, Masculine, feminine, um, tantra, um, like all that sort of stuff
1: because yeah, there's a sex, lot of sex cells, right? As
0: there's a big need for it because, because, not sex, like for example, this morning I, I had to get up early and I, I went to this 8 30 session. I thought, well, oh, no one's going to turn up to the 8 one because it's really early. And it was a woman who was speaking yesterday to the females and she did a two hour set, but I wasn't there. Um, but this was about. Men getting into their masculine for the female in terms of what the woman wants presented to them, and it's that, it was actually quite good. But I feel like sometimes because we're in a bit of a culture where I think we've lost our way a little bit and things have become a bit
2: blurred. I, mean,
1: I wasn't in your. I wasn't in that talk. I'm cutting in because I, I even statements like what women want for men, I think are just. I think that's even outdated. I don't think we can, I'm not a woman, but I don't think we, every woman's different. Like every person needs something mm. else. So to put it into a to thing, to go back to the game book, by the way, because I think it's important. I'm not saying that the game book is, is. I read it with a particular view. So I came into that book wanting to hate it because it changed mm. my friends so much. So it may be, the book you're, descri- you're describing may not be the book that I remember, right? But the one I remember, I reading really a why is he like this? And I was looking, reading the book, looking for answers. And every time I found an answer, it made me really detest the book. So I didn't know who wrote it. I didn't know the guy, Nigel Strauss, you say, Neil, Stra- Neil Strauss. Yeah. I didn't know who it was, but I would have a you know, it's not someone I'd be excited to go and meet. The things I remember from the book is there was lots of boasting in it about the, I'm sure it was, must have been Neil in the book. My memory, I read this, I think, in 2002, 2003, around that time. Um, and he he talks about how he slept with over a thousand women and there's a lot of that going in. And there was also lots of talking. so I felt that when you read it, in this, and we're going back, Aiden, We don't have to talk about the game today, but I think there's some interesting points in there where, yes, it was it was really... Re- I remember being really relevant for people to lack confidence. And I remember reading it going, well, I don't lack confidence. This isn't relevant for me. So I do remember thinking this is really... And actually, my friend didn't lack confidence, but it changed him. So that, that frustrated me. But I, I, I remember reading it going, I guess this could be helpful for someone that struggled with social anxiety, struggled to speak to other people. I get that. However, the way it was presented, if my memory is correct, and it may not be, and I read it with a definite... Um, as I say, you to not like the book. So I was looking for certain, you know, a signalling that I was looking for, the echo chamber I was looking for and I was finding it, and therefore probably ignoring some of the better content. So that wasn't what I was looking for. But I do remember that even for the socially anxious in that moment, the way that they built confidence was by bringing other people around them down to elevate themselves. Now, in that instance, it was bringing the women down to elevate mm-hmm. your own social status. And, and I mean, remember a lot talking about peacocking in the book. I remember that as well, where you, you yeah. peacock and you do something that makes you shine out from a crowd. If someone says anything, you just bring them down and this is how you can do it. And it gives you techniques for bringing others down. I think any of that kind of work for me. And there are yeah. sales, I, there are sales totally, techniques that do yeah. the same. I just, they I, just don't sit. I totally agree. And I think,
0: you know, I, I say to people, there's two ways to build the tallest building in the city, right? You can either build the build the tallest building or you can cut all the other ones down. Um, but I guess... Uh, there's an, a, a better book actually that he wrote later called the truth where he goes through a bit of a he realizes he unravels with all this world that he's created for himself uh so i definitely recommend reading that one that that's one probably guy.
1: the one i need to read then to, to, to not dislike yeah. this author quite so um, much as in my head I remember no and, and
0: actually from i mean from what i've seen both on stage there and a couple of interviews and things like that you know he's you know personable guy but um the point is that so like what women want right um Yes, on a granular level, everyone wants something different, right? And, and you don't, we don't like to generalise. However, what this lady was saying, and what I've heard before from people like um, John Gray, you know, like men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Ultimately, and this is why you probably don't register it, because you're naturally quite confident and you have no issues with things, um, is that they they ultimately want to feel safe presence of that man right? They they want to feel that that man, you know, is confident, safe, and can keep them secure. Now, people listening may argue with me on this, right? This is not me necessarily saying this, this is what I'm hearing from multiple different relationship experts. And at some level, that's what it is. So for example, let's say you lose your job, and you come home, and you know, you, you're, you've you got transparency with your wife, you have good communication, so you have to tell them everything. And you Turn around and say, look, honey, um, I've lost my job. Got no idea what we're going to do now. Right. Don't know how we're going to pay the next bills. you that safety net has been taken from them. So that's probably not a good way of approaching it. Whereas if you said something like, I've lost my job, don't worry, I've got a plan to get us out of this. I've got all this experience. I, I've got a contact. I'm going to be on it tomorrow. We're going to, we're going to sort our way through it. Then you've told them exactly the truth. You've told them they're t- fully transparent, but yet. You have a plan or you have a system, you have, you know, they have confidence in you. And because you always approach women with confidence, that happens, right? A lot of men, you know, they don't, don't even so in their stature, I don't disagree
1: with anything. Maybe this is a good conversation. Maybe we don't know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about your Mind Valley Conference and that. Well, I want to hear more. About and a big part but of it is this. The element for me, though, is I don't disagree with anything you've just mentioned, right? We want to feel secure. I just don't know why that needs to be gender specific. If my wife lost her job i'd want her to come back and go you know what we're we going to do as a team um, how are we, going to, are we going to manage that and and for me if i lose my job yeah of course you want to communicate what's happened and you want to have a proactive approach the other partner never wants male or female to come home and wallow and go, i've lost my job i'm going to sit on the sofa and feel depressed for the next six months and not be proactive about getting myself or us yeah, in this moment i, I, I do think situation. it's different
0: i do think it's di- different between genders uh, or between sexes i would say because and again, bringing it back to Mind Valley, I remember a conversation I had at Valley in 2019 and it was quite interesting because uh, another friend of mine who's not here this year, but she had done a lot of inner work on communication. I think she was working a lot on this thing called authentic communication. Um, and a lot of people don't say what they want. And actually, I want to get into that conversation maybe a little bit later, but she was talking about an article that she was reading or had read. And I think it was what three words does a man want to hear from a woman and what three words does a woman want to hear from a man? And and I, I think I guessed the one of them right. And then the other one, I think I, I offered a better answer. I don't remember what the official answers were, but these were the answers I had. I don't know whether you'd agree with that or not, but the people around the table tended to agree with me. But the words that a, a woman wants to hear from a man, now this is obviously uh, not necessarily the words, but it's the concept or it's the you know the framework or not framework but the the essence let's say and i said um i got this and then the words that a a man wants to hear from a woman is i'm with you and what if i elaborate the i got this is you know you know don't worry right i've got it sorted right you know we've missed our plane we've done this right i got this right i'm not here to say oh no women can't sort that out blah 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 but that's that's that sense of security and safety that John Gray is talking about where ultimately the woman wants to feel safe, secure, whatever. That I'm with you is I think as a man, we want to feel, or at least I want to feel, that, you know, when I do take on this challenge and when I do, um, you know, risk things to do things, that they're by my side, right? They're there supporting me. They're a team with me and, and everything else. And that they're not going to go and they're not going to leave. And so I think...
1: I, I for me, I just... I, I... I, that may have been true twenty years. I don't think that's where we are anymore. I think we've moved on. I genuinely do. For me, that that sounds like one option is is a subservience in there, which I don't think exists in the same way. I'm not well, saying there aren't there are some women that, that that follow that path, but it, s- it still sounds to me like that was written by. If that if that was written in a book, I would assume that was written by a man. That'd be my initial reaction to it. I know it was a group. I don't, I don't, I don't, that was written down on paper. That's how I would see it. It's like I've got this, which is the man wanting to take control, and with you know what. Welcome the second one was, but the other one is we're doing I'm, it together. I'm with I, you. It's still you know, still do what the man wants, and I'll support you. I just don't think that's where we are anymore. I don't. I don't it's not so how I communicate with honestly, Lucy. What I will say, um, so I'll, I'll let you come back, but I'm probably speaking about some emotional memory in my own situation, right? So me and Lucy, my, that's my wife now, married for 15 years, together for 20. My previous partner, she listens to this, and I don't know. Maybe she will. I haven't spoken to for a long time. But the one thing I didn't have in that relationship was security. Right? She played every mind game there was under the sun, and I've never been unhappy. And actually, what it made me was it, it, going back to the game. Actually, she she reversed she reversed the situation because she would do the negging on me and make me feel you yeah. know really really small. And she was critical about my posture. She'd be you're not well, you're not doing that, not that. And you end up constantly trying to uh, to impress or or to to make the the grade. You forget, you lose all sense of who you are. And that's what happened to me in that previous relationship. And, it, and I don't think it made any difference. For me, it's not gender specific. I needed more security masculine. from her. You I didn't masculine. have it. So I was yearning for that security. didn't get it. Of, so because you were, of the having, language.
2: you were playing
0: the feminine role in that relationship. And she was probably playing the more masculine role in that relationship. Well,
1: it's only you labelling. Why is one masculine and one feminine? Because that it's,
0: tends to be through all these things I'm hearing. right? Yeah, I'm I don't, not,
1: I, I don't it, think it, they business, need to be labelled.
0: I'm not the expert on this stuff. But no,
1: they don't need to be labeled we, we any, are, we, any any gender. It's just it's just mind play. No, People I, can play I, mind I, games I, one way or the other.
0: I think that from what I've heard, right? There are definitely there are masculine traits, there are feminine traits, right? And in in the relationship sphere from relationship experts that I've I've heard, right? Now that could be, you know, two women together, two men together, uh, like roles reverse where the, the woman is more masculine and the the, the the male might be more feminine. There could be both masculine energies coming from both, like male and female partners, um, but I think in order that, for there to be, I guess a polarity, a, a, a polarity or the right synergy between the partners, um, I think there needs to be an integration of those two.
1: Let me ask you a question because I yeah. think this this might 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 challenge your thinking a little bit. Uh, well, in either way, if it does or doesn't, I'd be interested in your response, right? Yeah. So just bring it back on the I got this statement. Yeah, which is the woman wants to feel secure, right? Yeah. But one thing I think is really, really, really important is that we show men should not be fearful of showing vulnerability, right? Which arguably is 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 in contradiction to security sometimes and certainly in contradiction of saying, I've got this. So I lose my job, right? And using the example you gave, mm-hmm. and actually I'm feeling incredibly vulnerable in that moment. Now, I may not be ready yet to say I've got this. I might need that moment to be vulnerable. I might need to come home and you know what? And just cry. And just show that I'm I'm a mess and I need, I need actually need you to help me. Um, I think it can be, we want to be, in my opinion, is men need to be more comfortable showing vulnerability and shouldn't be afraid to come back. And if that's how they feel, they should be able to come back and and say, I feel vulnerable and cry and all those things, rather than say, I got this for the sake of in your in your in your example, making that woman in that example feel secure. I, th- I know in my personal relationship Lucy would much rather I showed honesty in how I was feeling than 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 showed her that I got it when I genuinely don't just to try and give her what I think she needs because it's not that's actually not authentic what's authentic is me coming back crying going I'm in a real mess I, I actually need your support and I want her to say we've got this we can get through for sure because I, I I'm I'm not ready to say I got it yet and together we'll find a way through I do think years gone by my dad's generation for sure, there's no way my dad would have come back and cried in front of my mum. No no chance. Different generation. Okay. But I think in the current generation we are now, um, and if my dad is on the stage in Moan Valley, there's no way he'd be he'd be talking necessarily in a way that, that I would talk about it. But um, I think it's I cry in front of my wife all the time if I need to. And I don't feel like I have to say I've got it if I haven't. Sometimes I need her to say to me, you know what, we'll, we'll find a way through. Like, life, life's tough. Yeah, and um, I
0: think that... we got this. I think to kind of counter that a little bit like like for example today uh the woman it was all men in the audience except for there was a couple of um women in the in the room and so she asked for someone to come up on stage who had been having you know issues with relationships right for one reason or other they didn't elaborate they just got up and then we she had some archetypes of men I, I can't remember what they were but it was ABCD oh. and they they stood for different things I can't remember what. Um, but um, we were asked to kind of guess just based on you know whatever his stature his breathing his his facial expression all that and and w- obviously you have to be quite vulnerable in that situation right you're, you're, you're showing yourself up and and you're putting yourself on display that vulnerability is there for men but what she was saying is that actually as men we need to be like building each other, like building each other up so actually we did an exercise where we then built him up and she had a very specific like little formula um, cool. um, for that and actually that used another man who was maybe uh, a little bit more confident in their masculinity or confident in their stature or confident whatever to i think they had like as men there, there's always this competitive and you, you you love your competition right there's that natural
2: comp-
0: yeah. right and and sometimes that doesn't happen for uh, people but so anyway so there was some sort of weird thing that they were doing and it, and it brought him into a different level. And so my point is that it's not about it's not showing vulnerability. And I think John Gray talks about this, and I, I will get it wrong, but he talks about it from a hormonal perspective at one point. And I remember listening to him and saying, like, sometimes, like, you know, the woman will say, you know, we really need to talk about this. We've got to do this. And the man doesn't want to talk. And and I think he was saying that, like, when a man is forced to talk in that situation when he's not ready to um, lowers testosterone, and raises oestrogen in him, or something like that. And actually, what the man needs to go and do and is go off to his man cave or go off to his man group. And we don't have this a lot as men and or as women or as people in general, where we have different uh friendship groups to for different things. So, like this is why it's quite interesting. There's a lot of men's groups that happen off 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 timetable here. Um, because we need that support and then you build yourself back up and then you can deal with the thing that you need to do so you can still show that vulnerability uh, whether that's showing it in the first instance to your wife or that first instance to maybe your um your friend group it may be the question um so it's not about hiding that vulnerability it's like where is the the, the best place that actually is going to ultimately have the yeah, you
1: know, I would, I would challenge that. I, I I accept that men's groups can may create a psychologically safe space to show vulnerability, but I don't think you should be there should ever be a situation where you have to choose where you feel vulnerable. That might be a good place to be able to to be to be vulnerable. But if you feel like you need to be vulnerable in front of your partner, who may be male or female, if it's female in that instance in the example you gave earlier, then be vulnerable. Like that that's just is that that's what's authentic. I think the current world now is all about authenticity. And I I think um I, think if I, don't, I, to the thing, I don't think it's not being offensive I,
0: I, and I think you know maybe you've know, you you've latched onto something and you're like you, you, you're pulling at this thread so we're going uh, to stay on this thread for now but like it's still about I think from at least what I understand there's a certain essence or biology to it where even though you're saying okay I'm, I'm showing Lucy that I'm vulnerable and I'm in tears right she might still have that feeling of oh shit right
1: for sure, but I could have it the I, other way around. I don't think that's I I don't think that's a gender thing. That's the point I'm making. I mean, it's you're, just a
0: human yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, knowing you, I, right, I think that if Lucy came back and said, oh, "I've lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do," I think that your natural instinct would be like, "Okay, don't worry, you yeah, know, it's sure. all going to be okay, right?" That's 100%. just bad, that's the That's, not just, mad, that's, that's me, yeah. right? But you're not going to have that instinct of, "I'm showing a brave face for Lucy, but really, I feel fucked." like yeah what's going to happen whereas i think she might show the brave face for you but i think internally there may be a different feeling going on for her
1: I, and I, you know what i wouldn't even um, challenge to say that may or may not be correct right because you could be accurate with that i just don't i think that's more about personality and what makes us human right we're different for me it's all about what you could, you could avert there be another example of, of another relationship where the opposite would be true that the woman would feel like that, and the man, and the man would feel the other way.
0: Really. I know, I know relationships where the, the female, like my 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 sisters, are both quite. Um, I I would say the dominant partner in the in the in the marriages.
1: My life. sister certainly is. Uh, um, one of my, actually, both my sisters certainly are you know, in their relationships. Like, no one of them listens to this, but that's my younger
0: thing. sister's like the breadwinner in her thing, and she's like you know the one in charge. She's the one doing the speeches at the wedding, you know, <laughs> all of that, but. Yeah as a man still right i don't know how my brother in feels but there is a certain i think it, for most men and i'm speaking in generalities and really i'm only speaking for myself really but but there's there's something that makes us feel more like a man and sometimes when that's taken away from us in one shape way shape or form we feel less less than a man now that might be slightly different for different people but i feel like um
1: that's why vulnerability is so hard for men. I think that's that's I think that's the kind of the point I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make, maybe not very articulately, but it's hard for us because socially it's been told that we shouldn't show vulnerability because that makes us less manly. Back in the day, that's why our parents, and I'm generalizing a, a generation here, because obviously there are exceptions to all rules, but historically, it's why our parents' generation, dads I'm talking about here, don't show, don't cry very often, don't show that vulnerability because it was seen to be less manly. And I, I don't think we've we've come full circle yet. But there's no reason why we shouldn't stay on that path. I think you know it doesn't make us less of a man to do anything. It's it's it seems to we think it makes us less of a man because that's what's been socially put upon us over generations of it not being seen as being manly to be vulnerable or to cry or whatever. Ultimately, though, it's about having a good sense of of self. If we, we talk about things like um about like like like, like rejection. We, we talk about rejection previously I know it's something you want to talk about maybe a good place to to move to move the narrative on right
0: well actually this is okay this this ties into I I don't know how much of a specific I can give here because it's it might become a bit of an x-rated episode but um so I was showing vulnerability yesterday so I was I was chatting to someone and who's done quite a bit of work on themselves and a relationship coach and and I I was talking to her about we were talking about lots of different things and by the way obviously i've spoken to like two or three other women today um on specific areas that we talked about last night with this other girl because i was like she's telling me this thing this morning someone told me this what do you think right and they're all coming from a female perspective and they all said something different and so for example we we're talking about a kiss uh at one point um and whether you know we you know now in this this age of consent where we're like you know, can I kiss you, this, that, the other, whatever. Um, so the lady yesterday was saying, yeah, she she would like to be, say, asked, right? You know, now she's done a lot of stuff. She's she's quite, um, by her own admission, uh, she's quite got a high, I don't know what she called it, but she said that we've all got some internal sex drive, let's call it, right? Um, just, it's, it's almost ingrained like our eye colour or something. And she's quite highly sex drive. And she only really was quite... Re- regressed in that way for for reasons I won't go into up until a few years ago and then she's been on this exploration journey and done you know like polygamous relationships and gone to lots of sex clubs and you know all of these sorts of things right right. so yeah so so she's explored herself but what that has helped her do is become very good with her communication so if because I think a lot of these places as well you have to be clear with your boundaries right someone comes up to you doesn't mean they're just going to have sex with you right it's it's going to be okay no i don't want to do that i'm not, I'm not interested in you like that way or whatever and and she's been with partners and she's been very explicit and said like you know that that's not going to work for me right so that you're going to have to go so she's become very clear a lot of people aren't so clear in their communication in fact most things you know you were t- telling me before about uh the work thing that happened before was sort of basically a breakdown in communication between you oh. and, and- so most things happen to a break and we don't communicate enough. So anyway, she was saying, oh, no, because she likes to, she wants to know that she's feeling safe in that person's company, right? So she wants to be asked permission to be kissed. The woman today was like saying, "Nothing, you know, not so much. The other woman I was ask, was asking, well, it kind of depends. Uh, but anyway, so obviously there's not really, everyone's going to be slightly different with it. But going into the rejection mode, so I, I, I think I said to her, you know, oh, you know, I like you. I didn't say in which capacity um she she said this well she basically was being polite and saying that she didn't like me back but she did but because of where I am in certain areas of my life and where she is um it wasn't going to be a, a thing now I felt kind of somewhat rejected from that because you're thinking hang on a second here's this person who is adventurous let's say to, to kind of put, put it BG and I'm here and, yeah. and I'm and I'm being rejected right <laughs> even though she said oh you know you're, you're good looking you're my type all this and the other um and so part of me although I felt quite kind of pleased to be putting out there and I was showing vulnerability with some of the stuff I was talking about beforehand which may have um resulted in the yes or the no or whatever uh the outcome that that was determined but some of that is hard then because you go hang on a second I am showing vulnerability here and then I'm and then I'm kind of being rejected so then I'm, I'm learning that this vulnerability is a rejection as well uh, but on the flip side it's it's also somewhat liberating because I'm like okay it is what it is it's like I remember once um, and this is not to do with relationships but to do with speaking where I I was in a speech competition and I was a bit reluctant to to go all out in terms of practicing my speech over and over and over again And the reason was because if I didn't give it my all and I didn't get through to the next round, I had an excuse of saying, well, I didn't give 100%. So it wasn't down to my talent. It was just down to my effort, right?
1: Trust me, if you do Ironman races or any kind of athletic race, you'll hear my, my wife who listens to this will laugh because every time we get close to a race, suddenly all the niggles come out. I really want to do well but i've got a little bit of a little bit of to yeah, so give ourselves a way out give ourselves but, a comfort what i did
0: in this case is i practiced this speech over a hundred times i've never practiced anything that much i don't ever practice speeches i normally speak like without script but this was a, a, a seven minute thing or whatever and i did it and i didn't get through and i didn't actually feel disappointed and i felt all I I gave all I could give, and that was enough. And actually, yeah, I didn't get through in that particular round. I, I managed to circumvent it later and get through. But but in that particular moment, I was actually happy. I was like, "Hang on a second. Even if I put myself out there and I and I put 100 effort and I don't get the result, then that's fine." And so, some of me was feeling a bit like that yesterday, where I was like, "You know what?" you know say you only get you get the acceptance one out of 20 right yes you're gonna to have to go for those 19 rejections right you work in effectively sales right in a way because you're selling people well,
1: listen i deal with a lot of rejection. i work in recruitment yeah, i run have- a recruitment business people get, like get don't get jobs every single day but let's this is
0: a perfect breathing ground this is that's why you're perfect for that job because you have you know that confidence to go like what was it a uh, vincent church i'll said- tell you
1: my mindset on this like rejection has absolutely nothing to do with us personally no. nothing whatsoever it's all about the other person we just we just don't whatever we're offering in that moment just doesn't fit with what the other person's looking so for in that condition. moment that's that all
0: conditioning and because I, this is why i wish i'd done sales as a job like when i was younger because i think everyone should do sales for like two or three years and I did actually do a bit of sales back in the day, but um because you recognize that actually, yeah, it's not personal, it, it is about you know just being persistent and doing the thing that you need to do. And actually it builds a certain mindset. Whereas when you do it so infrequently and then you get like shattered from the rejection. Yeah, it it's
1: tough. So I mean yeah, it's part of my day-to-day job. I'm yeah. gonna call clients who may or may not need our services. If yeah. you can't deal with rejection in this business, you're gonna struggle. But yeah. what I will say, and I'll say it to my staff, like when we allow ourselves to feel rejected if that's the word we're using in this thing we're giving all the power to the other person, the other person yeah that's, that's the reality right yeah. but no one can make us feel rejected without our own permission to feel that way
0: no one can so, make feel anyway without our own permission i I speak correct. about I so want it to brings us back
1: to our sense way. of self really right. and our own self-esteem and, and actually don't give the power back don't give the power to the person that said no if the client says no in a, in a sales thing don't 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 worry about it. Just move on. You're just not wait right oh, for them in that moment. you're you worrying you. you're giving the, your own power away.
0: I want to share with you something I learned from Tony Robbins when he was talking about this. I think it was in Personal Power 2, which is a, an audio program he was selling in the 80s, which I'm one of the few people I've met that has done the full 30-day program like twice. and
1: I really liked it. One of the, <laughs> don't, I'm not surprised. One of the things he talks about, rejection.
0: And he and he, and he he changed the, the definition of rejection. So instead of like rejection being, oh, that person doesn't want what I've got, it's like, you know rejection to me now means that i interact with someone and i don't get the result i want and i learn nothing from it because it's like well that's impossible for me to get rejected because i'm never going to not learn something so for me to feel rejected i now have to not get the result i want and not learn something so i can never feel rejected
1: well, i think you know? you've read um chicken chicken soup for the soul for the book yeah 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 i think there's a i think it was that book they talk about it in there where there's a it was a walt, i think it was walt disney I might get this wrong. I think he works either in publishing or works for newspaper. I'll have to to go. But um, he lost his job because in that book, he talks about how he lost his job because Walt Disney apparently had no good ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Just didn't, just didn't fit with that person's uh, at the moment. It's not rejection for him because, and actually it links really well to our last show or the show before we talk about reframing. I mean, that's something else. So reframing can be really powerful if you're oh, feeling that oh, moment of rejection. I rejection doesn't exist. It only, oh, you, where are you go with Tony Robbins. I don't know what he said. I haven't seen his talk, but it only uh, exists in our minds. I want to
0: share our... something that came to me this week. So this week, um, and it's to do with that, but it's to do with limiting beliefs and, and empowering beliefs. And I was at a, a talk the other day and they were talking about limited beliefs and, and changing a limiting belief you might have about the situation to a powerful one. Which I've done work with clients on this before, but sometimes you don't always do it back on yourself. Anyway, so one of my limiting beliefs was uh, because there's lots of people here, lots of people interacting. What if you go up to someone and they don't want to engage with you, right? You know, they're already in their little friendship group or whatever. So that was the limiting belief. So that would stop me from going and approaching people. And then I changed that to people worth knowing are open to knowing me, right? So if they're not worth knowing, if they're not open to knowing me, they're not worth knowing anyway. And that just shifted because also what happened then, which is quite interesting, within about five minutes of writing that Empower and Belief, and also thinking about how I wanted to act in the day, which was using Mel Robbins, the five-second rule, where don't overthink it, just go within five, four, three. So, you know, I I saw someone that I wanted to approach and in my head, the first thought was, oh, don't approach that person, right? Um, And then I thought, five, four, three, two, one, went over there and I said, you know what? It's not about them not wanting to engage. People worth knowing are open to knowing me. And end up having a great conversation with them. Chat to them for a long time. Now we're connected. We're friends. We hang out. And and I think had <laughs> I not done that, you know, and that's happened multiple times in my life. Right? It, it's that twenty seconds of bravery we were talking about with the zoo. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. about a zoo. It, it,
0: whenever I've done that, it's always worked out. Well, not always, but it's more often than not worked out. So I don't know why sometimes I just I hold back. We, I, you know. You just do that thing of feeling rejected and being ousted from your tribe or something like that. I think it's something.
1: Yeah. And it it, it is, there is a, there is a a primal thing to it without a doubt. But I think we link back to, you know, thoughts, our feelings and and everything else. We change what we think, change how we feel like just because we feel rejected doesn't mean it's true. That's just how we feel about it because the way we, we, we reframed it in our minds. That's why reframing can be so powerful, but also you can give a scenario. So if in a sales instance, If you're selling something because you really want the outcome, whether you're selling yourself to a girl or not, we feel rejected when they say no, because we really want the outcome. If you're selling, if I tried to chat up someone I didn't fancy and they said no, I wouldn't really feel that rejected because I'm not really that bothered by the outcome. But actually the same outcome is true in both scenarios. One feels rejected, one doesn't, which tells us it's, it's what we're thinking, doesn't actually make it true. I think. Because it only, it only exists in our minds, when we're dealing with uh, a sales situation, and we have to in the work that I do, because you have to make multiple calls to multiple clients or candidates who would consistently say no, you just got to go, next. What's next yeah. up? Right, done, well, move on. I mean, um, this, well, I was so just, I'll mean, i let you jump in, but this is really important from a sales perspective. The reason we have to say next is because you only get the outcome after you've tried. The easier situation, if we link it right back to the game where we started the conversation, Right and for all its, my issues with the book, what it does say, if you don't try, if you don't go to any girl or say anything, then you're never going to find a relationship. So rejection is part of that situation. It's part of the learning. As You you talked about fail, um, first attempt at learning, which we talked about yeah. in another podcast. Yeah. Rejection is all about that learning curve, reframing it, got to try, next, next one up, next one up.
0: I was in that case last Friday as I started doing like salsa and bachata, and I've never done that before, and I was learning the moves with someone. And I got confident enough with one girl who was luckily a previous dancer and she taught me a few things. But then it was like, now you've got to go and ask different people to dance and, and everything. So there was that feeling there. But what I wanted to say with the sales when you were talking about it is um, I, I remember hearing someone like Brian Tracy, uh, great, great audience. Yeah, You yeah, like saying Let's say your your widget or your thing costs a thousand pounds, right? And you got to go to a hundred people before you actually find someone that will buy that. That first person, you know, that says no, you want to thank them because they've just given you like £10. Like every person you've gone to that is saying no is effectively giving you £10 because it's going to cost a £1,000 of the 100th person or whatever that goes to it. So that's what I'm saying. It's it's interesting when you're in it day in, day out for your job because you become almost like conditioned to it. It, When you're not in that as a a role, which is why I think sales is such a good job for lots of people to try out, is... Is it so applicable to basically every other aspect of your life, right? Because you're going to.
1: Have- I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Communicate. Um, well, it links back to communication as well, not taking everything yeah. to heart, knowing that having a true sense of whether you believe, I believe I'm the best at what I do 100%. And I fully, fully believe that, right? I know I can learn, but in the world of recruitment, I think I'm pretty good at it. So if someone oh. says no, that's fine. Cool. Interesting, though, you talk about NLP, and I want to link it back to the I don't mean to link, keep linking things back to the game. It just seems to naturally be going that way. But from a sales perspective, so we'll do talks and say, you know, if I'm trying to sell you a lock, you need a lock for your house, right? The door, your front door lock is gone. And I'm uh, trying to sell a lock, right? And you know, what is it I'm actually trying to, I say this to my staff, what is I'm actually trying to sell Sell to you? I'm not actually trying to sell you a lock. No. What I need to tell you is why do you need that lock? It's so smart. it's not about selling the, the device and the lock and the key. It's is. about selling. If you don't have your house secure... You don't feel secure when you go to bed, and how does that manifest? And all the things you're selling the, the concepts it's of what that lock that the presents. emotion
0: you're selling the emotion
1: or the emotion. So, linking that even back to um, whether you're male, or female, or not, we'd have to go back into the gender conversation. But if you're trying to find a partner, it's easier then to find out what they need first before we jump in with the solution, which is the same for sales. If I call you straight away and go, Hey, I'm Nick, I'm this is, this is all the amazing USPs, unique selling points about me means nothing to you because I don't know what you need. So yeah. me selling to you that I can recruit in America when you've only got a business in, you know, in Spain, is completely worthless to you. Yeah. So it's me understanding what you need first. And it works the same in my perspective in a relationship context. So whether you are a female who needs security in, in what we talked about earlier, then that's something that I want to show that I could deliver because I've understood that's what they're after. But I'd have to ask questions to ascertain that in the first place. It could, even, it could be that I have a love for adventure. So if that's the case, I'll tell them about my love for adventure. We'll, we'll, where, do we, where do we relate? What, I what
0: actually kind of don't think that's on? a conscious thing that women are going, oh, I need security. I don't think that's a conscious thing, right? Um, but what I will I don't want to go go down that route. No, no, no.
1: I was talking more about from a sales perspective. perspective. Like we're very quick to, to sell a solution before well, we know what actually the person me, needs.
0: Speaking of books, and let's end it on a different book, which is also um, happens to be one of my favourite books and one of the books I've been reading every day for the last 12 years um i was having a conversation at lunch with yet another person who actually works in hr and I've, I've sent her your other podcasts because right she's from here and she's she works in hr but she was talking about sales and rejection and all this and working lots of hours and i was saying how um one of the favorite things i remember in this book is is about i think it was like you know that today someone isn't going to buy you know your gold chariot for like a penny but tomorrow they might swap their entire family and house for like a, a, a seed or something right and it's that even though that person isn't going to buy like you, you phone clients all the time that for six months aren't ready to, to move job or whatever but then you know the hundredth time it's going to be ready and I was talking to her about this book uh, before I'd mentioned the book and I said you know this and, and I said oh it's called the greatest salesman in the world and she was like yeah actually uh, we're, we're given a new copy of that every year by their by their boss i don't know if that's one that you're familiar with the greatest salesman in the world yeah i'm familiar
1: with it yeah yeah i'm I'm one of the only people people i know
0: that has read it properly put it on my bookshelf somewhere i i I think i haven't met anyone in person other than my an ex-girlfriend's mum who used to work in sales who's actually read it properly because you have to spend 10 months reading this book yeah
1: Yeah, yeah i read
0: it properly three times a day like reading it you can't
1: go to the next
0: section until you've done it i didn't i didn't even look at the chapter heading i i read it in the morning i read it at lunchtime and then i read it out loud at evening i did that for a month and then i went to the next one next one next one so it took me 10 months and then ever since then i read now a different chapter every morning so every 10 days i cycle through um but that book did fundamentally change how i viewed a lot of things um i probably need to redo it the, the 10 month way uh because there is something in it when you do it 30 times, like, well, you do it 90 times in a
1: Confessions month. on the table. I think I bought that book from a conversation we had about 10 years ago, whenever it was. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure we talked about this on a bike ride. I bought the book yes. and, I, and I think I, I never followed the process. I think I yeah. read it through quicker and I probably didn't, I don't even read all of it, but I remember you saying you've got to be disciplined. I tried right. and it didn't work. No, I, 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 I never thought. actually
0: recommend that book to people because it just yeah. ends disappointment for the person. And, and so I don't ever recommend it, but it is the book that I, I have got. I've got it literally yeah, on my t-
1: That's why it's on my bookshelf. Yeah. I think it was from a conversation with you, mate. Yeah, one probably, because so I do. I, I talk about it all the time. Because I, I know the story of the person that the mum mum gave it to a daughter. Yeah, she yeah, read yeah. it. Yeah, that's how I know the uh, story. Yeah,
0: so, um, yeah, yeah, so, um, but it, if you're interested in sales and you're listening to this conversation and you are a disciplined kind of person, uh, I can't highly recommend the, the Greatest Salesman in the World enough. Yeah. Um, and also listening to some of Old Mandino's speeches because um, he had a really interesting thing of like wanting to, like kill himself at one point and, and then turning that around and ended up becoming the the editor of Success Magazine and and everything, which is an amazing story in itself. But um, yeah, wonderful book, with lots of life lessons in it.
1: From my perspective, when it comes to to sales, I love the fact we've moved the conversation on to an area that I'm passionate about and I'm I'm, I'm immersed in. But we're so quick, and if you think about the sales calls we get when people get straight to the solution before they even know what my problem is, mm. that's the biggest problem in most sales It's why we get turned off by it. You know, they call you and say you need something without understanding whether you have a need there or not. And people try and create a need that doesn't exist. Um, I, I'm happy to be sold to. I don't mind taking sales calls at any moment. because is what I do for a living. So I've got to be able to take it. If I'm going to give it If a little bit, of that makes sense. Uh, but I get really frustrated when people try and just come straight in with why they're amazing. And they haven't actually understood if I even need the products in the first place or where I am. And, um, I'm, I'm much more into having a, a process where I'll call someone and try and understand where their challenges are and then try and see if we can find a solution rather than going straight in and, and assuming I know the answers. I think that's where the risk was. that so just turns yeah. people off. No one has been it. told how they can do their job better. And you know, yeah, let me tell it, you it, how you can it, do better your job.
0: It it, there's so many of that because I, I mean, going back to a little bit about relationships, just to finish it, maybe on this, but I... Uh, you know when you you, uh, you probably don't know this because you've been in a happy marriage for a long time. But let's say you, you've been together with someone for a few years, and then you break up with them, and your friends are trying to comfort you, or your parents are trying to comfort you and say, "Oh, you know, well that that person was no good anyway." Or just
1: never right for you. Yeah. <laughs> the problem
0: what they don't realise when they're doing that is what they're actually saying is that your judgment sucked for four years. Yeah,
1: and it sucked for years. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah,
0: that's what they're actually saying. They're trying to be nice, but they're not. And people don't get that. And I'm like, no, what, what you're really saying is that that person's judgment sucked and that they, you know, they don't know how to choose people and all this. And the other When you say that person is that. No, you just, you just comfort them. You, you don't have to like mouth the other person or anything
2: like that, you know.
1: Well, actually, yeah. you can, you can, you can bring that 360 and go back to the sales process then. So when you have that relationship breakup, what is it you miss? What is it you need? And how can we plug those gaps, either through a friendship group or through your parental support or through another relationship? But if we think about it, if I always say if someone's um, in the world of recruitment, right, you lose a member of staff and you, you're, you're really panicking that you need to replace it. I'll always say to a client, look, before you jump straight in and try and find a like for like replacement, what are the things that that individual left? weren't great at, that you would love to be able to plug those gaps? But what are the things that they were never able to do that you wish they could have done? Because this is your opportunity now. You've got a black ca- blank canvas. I hmm. can try and find a like-for-like replacement, but actually, I might better find you someone that can involve the person that left by plugging the gaps that that person was never good at. Maybe they're amazing, but they never u- knew how to use Excel. I'm a real basic example. Yeah. But how about I find all those things plus someone with advanced Excel skills? Oh, yeah, that'd be really useful. And I think it's the same in relationship terms. And if I bring it back to the girlfriend before Lucy, certainly for me, I was looking for the things I didn't have in the previous relationship. I was able to reflect and go, right, I miss those bits. Fine. I don't miss those bits because they were really, you know, yeah. really unkind in many ways. And I met Lucy, and she seemed to plug all the gaps for me that I missed in the relationship before. Gave me the things I was also getting in that relationship. So for me, it was a, it was an upgrade. And yeah. um, you
0: know, well, I, I think that's, Lucy, right, that's why we have different relationships because we interact with different people to learn. And this is learning. why, I'm, like this, are really good because I mean, you are learning from lots of different like entrepreneurs, lots of different business owners, different coaches, different 100%. whatever, and, and it's all about you know, when, when I look at my previous relationships and what worked, and then I look at, yeah, what was missing, I'm thinking, well, when I go to the next relationship, I need that, that person yeah. have more open communication about this, for example, or uh, be more sexy in this way, or be X, Y in this way. Uh, and I need to be a certain way as well. And so, like, what is it? Because otherwise you don't learn anything. Like, there's a phrase cool. that says, like, the person who thinks the same at 40 as they did at 20 has learned has learned nothing, yeah, nothing right so we always got to change our mind this is why i get really upset when people like go back through like twitter threads from 15 years ago about someone and say oh you said this then i was like yeah but i was a different thought, person then I, 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 I also thought that santa claus was real and the tooth Fairy was real you're gonna hold me to that as
1: well Do you know hold kids might be listening you know yeah. no, i'm joking I'm but actually yeah. if it goes back to if you get to that level of mindset where you are reflective and learning That's when it's no longer for me about rejection because you're not you don't longer feel rejected by a relationship that's gone because you've learned from it and gone. Actually, on reflection, I didn't want all those things. And I obviously wasn't giving enough in the other, it obviously wasn't right. It's a learning curve. And my sense of self now tells me that I need X, Y, and Z for me to be really happy. And I'm gonna look for that in the next partner, and I'll be, I know I need to be more X, Y, and Z as well, but I wasn't you know thoughtful enough or whatever. But you learn about yourself. And then actually it takes the rejection out of the situation. You win some
0: some. That's what I say. You win some, you learn some. And that's it. And yeah, I, nice. I remember thinking once, I watched this movie once and she said something. It was a, oh, no. What's
1: the movie? I know it's going to be a bad oh, movie. I can't remember <laughs> what
0: the movie was. Um, I remember I watched funny. it after a breakup years and years ago. And um, it was about a younger guy and they were with an older woman. And it just wasn't going to work because of age gap for some reason. Or I can't remember why, but I think the phrase was, sometimes you love and you learn and that's okay. You love me, yeah. that's okay. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Sometimes you love and you learn, and that's okay.
1: And I, I, there's a there's a quote, I don't know, it might be Michael, usually the Michael Neal quotes from me because I, like, I like his work. But everyone he says, or whoever says something, and you might say it's no, it wasn't him, it was someone really famous. But everyone has the power to choose who they are. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So don't let other people dictate who you are or what you need yeah. to do. That rejection yeah. is all in our own sense of self, and we can it's yeah. a belief that we can change, it's a feeling we can change and um, so everyone has the power to choose where they are interesting whenever well, we've got to go I want to find out number one what you're going to be doing before we next season what the mind valley thing is coming up for you and number two if anyone is listening to this i'm going to do a little bit of a plug because i went to london for my daughter's 14th birthday we saw four shows in four nights we saw legally blonde by a local amdram musical, musical soul's of playhouse by the way well done brilliant amdram production i then saw springsteen live at hyde park loved it big bruce springsteen fan then went to see hamilton the musical Oh, still probably the best live theatre production or show I have ever seen in my life. Then I did a master's and a degree in theatres. Well. I've seen a lot of shows, absolutely brilliant. If you're anywhere near London listening to this, book a ticket, go see it. It's <laughs> emotional, it's fantastic, it's amazing. And then we saw um, the play that goes wrong, which was like proper slapstick fun. So right. that was what I've been doing. Really good time in love. London. Um, I
0: can't tell you what I'm going to be doing. I know that there's a party tonight or a social tonight and a party on Friday night. There's lots of parties. I, ha- I don't look at the agenda because it's so packed. There's like three different rooms with lots of different speakers and ideas going on. Um, so honestly, all I know is going to be pretty jam packed. I do have a friend coming next week who I haven't seen since Mind Valley 2019. So that's going to be quite exciting. Nice. Um, so it's really just going to be more connection. I've been having a few like one on one meetings because, like I say, a lot of the content i already know to some degree um so it's more for me about the connection and they have like a little ai based app which matches you up with potential people who you might want to network nice. with or whatever so i've been doing a few meetings um and i had one just before coming are you and...
1: feeling your social bucket your energy bucket for
0: I'm definitely but also i'm also trying to step back so it's nice having my own place so i i just rested the last couple of nights i've been really socialize a huge amount um because you're doing a lot of that during the day and i'm going to do that this evening so it's actually nice to come back to this flat and have no one interrupt me on this call um and everything but definitely fill in the social bucket and what i'm trying to do as well is that i'm trying to make more connections that will hopefully then span out throughout the year rather than you know just all oh, this like three week period yeah. yeah nice but most people are from different parts of the world um but there are a few london-based people and i need to make more of an effort with that
1: i'm very jealous i wish i was in Tallinn again i, I wish i was at really like your I'm mind valley conference sounds sounds amazing maybe we'll do it next conference year is a
0: bit of a stretch but it is um it's it's like it's not like your average business conference it's not going to be like that conference you went to in uh, the us not that long in, ago yeah, in, you know, very, in a, yeah in i sh- i
1: shared with you a video didn't i early in the week you did yeah, yeah. everyone dancing and clapping and jumping around That's and it. yeah looks a bit mad i am generally jealous buddy but listen, have a great you have did. a great time enjoy yeah. it um on the social piece, if people are listening to this, please please do continue to share it with anyone you think might find the conversations of interest and um, you know we want to keep the the followings growing a, a, as much as we can and remember to review the show if you can and uh, well, i guess got, uh, maybe... social media
0: as well so i'm the fortune what do they what do they want to follow you on uh, on social media if anything oh, absolutely.
1: well to be honest all my social media stuff links to my business stuff i was probably very dull unless you want to learn more about payroll and hr probably okay. means we need yeah. to launch our own mindful paths uh instagram and twitter no. and stuff It's finding no. the time but uh yeah listen follow me by all means i think it's just nick J Day on, on instagram and oh, uh, J. Day.
0: I'm, I'm the nick
1: jga i think at twitter which is my business but um yeah I'll, I'll maybe i'll put them in the show notes so people can follow if they want us to but listen have a great or we'll connect in a week i want to find out more about what you're up to so um interesting uh conversations today we didn't as you can tell we didn't know where it was going to go but it's uh, no, enjoyed it no as everyone. enjoy the rest of your week all, all right, right
2: harry. take care take care everyone great thanks man. for tuning in to the mindful past podcast with midday and harry Kalimnos.
1: We hope you found our discussions insightful and hopefully you've gained some valuable takeaways to support you on your own journey.
2: Please leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform and share an episode that resonates with you with a friend or family member who may also find it valuable.
1: Please also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss a future episode. And in the meantime, we'll continue exploring mindful path topics to provide you with more insights and more ideas to support you on your personal growth journey.
2: Thank Thank you for your support and look out for the next episode of the Mindful Paths podcast dropping soon.